Welcome in, everybody. Debuting our 20th season of Hoopsville. I'm your host, Dave McHugh. Welcome in to a live edition of the show. Lots to talk about in Division Three as we are underway with the 2022-23 basketball season. I am your host, Dave McHugh. You can always interact with us in multiple capacities. You can uh, tweet us at D3Hoopsville and hashtag Hoopsville. We still use that domain while we still can. We're also on Facebook at facebook.com slash Hoopsville. Though no, not live streaming through there today. We'll hopefully be live streaming back through Facebook in the future or at least putting our shows up there when we can. We'll talk more about that later in the program. We are live streaming on YouTube. <laughs> Remembered at the last minute to get that up and running. So we're on YouTube as well, youtube.com slash, uh, is it D3 Hoopsville, I think it is? Um, I always forget our link there. Uh, typing it in now just for the fun of it to see where it takes us. That is it, youtube.com slash D3 Hoopsville. Going to have to update some things there as well. Um and, of course, if you're listening to the podcast, thanks for tuning into that. That's not live, um, but we appreciate you taking the time via SoundCloud or Apple or Google or the plethora of options that we have put ourselves in the system for. We hope you'll take advantage. Uh, a little bit delayed this season. We wanted to get on the air last Thursday, but to be blunt, and we'll talk more about this at the end of the show, too much going on in my life to get that show off the ground as we as we wanted to. Honestly, the studio's not even set the way we want it to be set. Um, it just looks good for you right now. Uh, we have more changes to come. Um, but my point being, we apologize for our delay, but we're glad we could be on the air here tonight. And again, we'll talk about this more at the uh, end of the show. Um, but the show's going to take a little bit of a different look for the opening few uh let's call it months for lack of a better description the month of january month of december at least we are probably going to have a different look to it different feel to the show as we work our way into the bulk of the season then when we hit the bulk of the season you'll kind of recognize the old show as it were so there you go it, it nothing majorly changed but again we'll talk about it at the end of the show so again facebook twitter contact us let us know what you're doing what you're watching Something we are watching broke shortly before we took the air. Uh, news out of Carroll on the men's basketball side. Paul Combs is out of a job. The now former head coach of the Carroll men's basketball team has apparently stepped down after 10 plus years or 10 years of, of running the program. Uh, we're looking at a quote from the AD. We'd like to thank Coach Combs and his family for everything they've done for the Pioneer men's basketball program the last 10 years. I've accepted his resignation. We will build from the foundation he has laid, and we'll be moving the program in a new direction. Uh, according to the release, since 2016, moved in the third place all time with 104 wins, so averaging about 10 wins a season. Um, third coach in Carroll history to amass 100-plus wins. Uh, last five seasons com had 12 or more wins, helped uh, the Pioneers to a 20-5 and five season. Of course, that was back in 2015-2016, uh, and made the... Uh, two CCIW and two Midwest Conference tournaments in that period of time. I, I'm a little surprised by this because we don't normally get a coaching change uh, a week into the season. The old news producer and still journalist guy has a lot of flags flying as to something's up. It may not be. It just may be really wonky timing. Uh, maybe something is uh, in Paul's life has changed or something else has gone on that is that has created this situation that Paul needs to step away from. Certainly, 
not going to guess on my part. It's just really odd timing to do it a week into the start of the season. Uh, if you look at the team and how they have done to get things off the ground this season, they are 0-2. Um, they, they stayed at home but played Whitman, lost 72-55 on Friday. They then played Dubuque and lost 68-53 on Saturday. I don't know of anything that says he wasn't he wasn't on hand for those games, but certainly something we'll look into now. Their next game comes up on Friday against Northland College, which is a non-division three um, institution. Oh, that's not is that true? Yeah, no, no, they're D three school. What am I talking about? I apologize. They're in the UMAC, of course. Sorry, I didn't recognize the logo. Um, they'll have them on Friday, and then they have the Insti- uh, Illinois Tech coming up on Sunday. All of these are home games. Um, they're still at home against Concordia Chicago on the 22nd. In fact, they don't play an away game until Thanksgiving weekend when they'll hit the road to Colorado Springs where they'll take on Colorado College on Friday, and then I'm not sure who's on the other side of that tournament uh, for the Saturday game. And then Wednesday the 30th, they'll start conference play against North Central and then Illinois Wesleyan on December 3rd. So again, two games in, granted, not great results. Got lost by what seventeen against Whitman and lost by fifteen to Dubuque. Maybe it was just a sign that it's time to leave. I, I'm unsure. It's surprising news. We literally just saw this in the last fifteen to thirty minutes before we hit the air. Um, so I'm not positive. Um, shocking news, nonetheless. Takes a little bit away from what was a what I planned to talk about, and that was an absolutely bonkers start to the uh, end to the season this year, uh, which includes um, Randolph Macon, for example, going triple overtime against Hood on Saturday in the second game of the season, losing three starters to foul trouble uh, in that triple overtime game, but then coming out with a win. But you also saw Hood not Hood, sorry, Hope, women score 143 against Geneva, Geneva uh, setting the all-time record in women's basketball for the Division Three level. And you saw some other great games around Division Three. You saw some, some losses early on, uh, to be blunt. Uh, I think it's a little surprising to see. I don't you know. Maybe it's not a little bit surprising. I Listen, Mary Harden-Baylor's ranked number two in the preseason top 25. Would I be lying if I told you that I am surprised they lost coming out of the gate? Maybe a little, but they also were taking on two very difficult preseason team or uh, Skyac teams out in the middle of the country. So I'm not I'm not shocked by it in, by any stretch of the imagination. Um, I'm actually going to double check if if I missed anything, but you know, again, took a hit as it were. Um, Maybe maybe they're not as great as we thought they were, but you know that at the same time you, you you turn around and say, well, who is at this point in the season? And Mary Arm Baylor's had some bumps in the road to start seasons before and finish strong, and in the grand scheme of things, that's all that really matters. So, but again, so Mary Arm Baylor goes out, loses to Claremont Mud Scripps by eleven, then beats Redlands by ten, and then beats Pomona Pitzer by. 13 in the opening three of the season. They will not have a home game, believe it or not, till the middle of December. 
They will be at Concordia, Texas on the 3rd. They're literally having a month off here. That's the crazier thing. They played those three games out in California in a span of three days, 8th, 9th, and 11th. Then they they don't play a game until December 3rd. Well, they'll be home again or on the road against Concordia, Texas in conference play, and then on the road December 8th against Letourneau in conference play. Then they uh, are on the road December 10th in conference play against East Texas Baptist, and they finally will play a home game December 15th against Howard Payne. Just a just a, a crazier sketch, crazy schedule. Oh, I apologize. There is an exhibition game in there. Uh, Fort Hood Phantom Warriors they're going to play at home, so there is that. But just crazy schedule for Marin Beller. So we'll have to let them kind of get into things to figure out what to make of all of that. Um, but they will also play Linfield on the 20th of December and the 21st. They'll play Whitworth. So playing a lot of West Coast teams, which are, of course, in regions officially, though in region in other ways too, all the time, but those games are coming up. And they'll play Sol Ross State and Nebraska Wesleyan at the uh, end of December, and then they'll get back into conference action. Um, oh, Sol Ross State. Is that an extra game against Sol Ross State? Or they're just playing Sol Ross State? Uh, they'll have to double-check that because uh, that doesn't look right to me. But but they're not the only ones. Uh, Oshkosh took a loss to Calvin to start the season. Uh, they they beat Lawrence in the very first game of the season, then lost to Calvin 59-56. And Ryan Scott has tweeted a bunch about a Calvin freshman who may be worth watching this season. But then they beat Hope 67-56. They got St. Joseph's Connecticut coming up before playing uh, Nebraska Wesleyan. I think that's being played at the uh, small college basketball event. Um, out in Sandy, uh, South Dakota, which nice event, though not exactly D3 country. I'll have to keep an eye on how that all comes together. But Oshkosh, not impervious to losses. Uh, Christopher Newport at least got some big wins, and they got them easily over Johns Hopkins, so that shows Johns Hopkins took a loss and uh, then got a win over Lynchburg. But again, not the only ones. Uh, it is it is going to be like that most of the year. We're going to see some interesting losses that kind of catch our attention but it's not to be surprising in my opinion. I think we're, we're getting used to the fact that anybody is beatable, um, especially in men's basketball. Women's basketball, maybe not so much. Um, anyway, so, you know, rounding up the top 10 on the men's side, Mount Union is 2-0, WPI is 2-0 after barely getting past Worcester State on the official start of the season at the midnight game on, on November 8th. Uh, Johns Hopkins or Stockton is off to a good stop start, uh, though they barely got past a, a depleted Penn State Harrisburg team, at least in terms of the talent we were used to seeing at Penn State Harrisburg. I'd be, I'm very interested to see how their team develops this year. Uh, Johns Hopkins again had that loss, but then beat Salisbury by 14. I think that says something to say the least. Uh, Salisbury took on Eastern at this point at the very beginning of the season, went uh, overtime, and Eastern won that game. Uh, I was at a Gettysburg game where I saw the Bullets lose their home opener against Wilkes, which surprised me. Uh, Wilkes is a good team, but Gettysburg just didn't play well. But as and I mentioned this on Slack, and, and uh, you'll hear it in the conversations later, and maybe we'll talk about it less a little bit more later. I think one of the barometers that all of us in Division Three have to get a little bit used to is we're so used to seeing four weeks of preseason from October fifteenth to November fifteenth. 
And while the start date has adjusted that, I don't think our expectations have. Now we're starting a full week sooner for most teams. That means only three weeks of preseason basketball, and maybe we just have to get used to what three weeks of basketball looks like in preseason versus four weeks. Uh, and as you'll hear from Josh Merkel later in the show, also to some degree, we have to get used to the fact that it doesn't matter how much practice time there is. Teams have to get out there and play to really see where they stand. And so, listen, I'm not a huge fan of games starting on November 8th. Uh, I'd rather see them start two Fridays before Thanksgiving at the very earliest, but that's I don't have control over that. But we maybe just have to kind of change our our bar as it were in terms of how good teams will look in their opening games nobody I mean if they really look good in the opening games either that's a team we got to be watching to see if they continue to get better the rest of the season or they're going to plateau early that's always been my adage on that uh guests coming up tonight uh we're going to have uh hope women's basketball Brian Morehouse and Randolph Macon men's basketball, Josh Merkel, the two head coaches. Interesting enough, the same two coaches we had on the debut last season. That's because they were the preseason number ones. And as the show, as our tradition is on our premiere show, we always have the uh, preseason number ones. Well, they're also the defending national champions. So a little bit of uh, deja vu, as it were. But we'll talk to um, both Brian Morehouse and Josh Merkel coming up. We actually talked to Merkel earlier today, so that'll be a pre-recorded show. And then Brian Morehouse will be live. And at the end of the show, we're going to, after those two interviews, we'll just do news and notes and talk about some other things and talk about what we're doing here with the show, how you can help and other ideas down the road. So that's kind of the landscape of how the show's going to be tonight. Again, we'll turn it around and have the archive available as well and all that fun stuff. Um, Let's see. Uh, By the way, Good games at Illinois Wesleyan this weekend on the men's side, including Yeshiva, which was fun to watch. Uh, Of course, Yeshiva, not the same team. And if you haven't seen the preseason top 25, by the way, that's maybe something to keep an eye on. I thought the top 25 this season was incredibly difficult. Uh, And it's it's progressively gotten more difficult. This year, I really struggled with it. Uh, By the way, we normally do talk a bit about the top 25s on the opening show. We're saving that actually for our next show. Our next show coming out later this week will have both the men's and women's panels. We're still narrowing down our exact timing for when we're going to talk to them. But as a hint, again, it won't be live next on Thursday. That is at least that is our scheduled plan right now. We'll, We'll turn it around. Hopefully still have video and audio podcast again. We'll talk more about it later in the show. But our show later in the week will feature both panels on the men's and women's side to talk about the top 25, how the season started, and the usual stuff there. Uh, There are a lot of good teams to keep an eye on. There are a lot of good teams that are getting votes on the men's side, a wealth of teams getting votes. Some head scratchers, as we always have. On the women's side, I think eh, that might be one of the deeper groups of of vote voting tabulated teams that i've seen i'm looking forward to seeing how that plays out and some really good teams that were that are getting votes and some teams that might catch people by surprise but that's why we play the games by the way real quick note congratulations to those who made the uh, football championship bracket which was announced on sunday evening our friend jj neckeloff is the committee chair for the men's uh for football and uh i, I JJ getting a lot of, of FaceTime and, and audio time of late. But uh, congratulations to those teams. And then most importantly, congratulations to both soccers and volleyballs and field hockeys and all that who are in the fall working toward through their championships, as it were, as well. 
Uh, going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to talk to Brian Morehouse. And then when we get uh, further into the show, we'll talk to Josh Merkel. And then, as I said, uh, on the back end, uh, we will do news and notes, answer any of your questions if you should have some. Uh, and again, we're, we're following the news out of Carroll that um, the head coach, Paul Combs, has stepped down, apparently, from the men's basketball program at Carroll. And uh, by the way, we should point out assistant coach Taylor Jan- J- uh, Jansen has been named the interim head coach for the remainder of the season. He was a graduate of Carroll of 2011. Uh, he has coached a, a bunch of AAU programs, uh, but has not, ta- not had a college coaching job. We'll see where that goes from there. But um, interesting news, nonetheless, out of Carroll. We'll take a break. When we come back, we'll talk to Brian Morehouse at Hope. You're listening to Hoopsville, presented by D3Hoops.com from the NABC Studios. A lot more to talk about on the opener of this season here on Hoopsville. your teams, your players, your community of fans. This is where they play, where they practice, where you cheer at every meet, every event, every game. Your community is passionate, dedicated, supportive. You know the tension of a close game and the thrill of the win. So while you're cheering, keep an eye out for anything out of the ordinary. If you see something suspicious, say something to local authorities. It starts right when you hit the court. You imagine your finest moment. The game-winning shot that gets you to the dance. A monster dunk or no-look pass. And cutting down the net. Sports lets us dream of our own success. And prepare us for our finest moments on and off the court. got more schools than Division One, more fans than Division Two, and more upsets than March Madness. There's 800 programs with over 11,000 games leading to two national championships. And we've been covering it all for over a decade. From Eastern to Occidental, from Puget Sound to Piedmont, from Southwestern to the University of New England, and from Hope to Calvin. Nobody covers Division Three basketball like we do. We're D3Hoops.com at www.d3hoops.com. It's on us to stop sexual assault. In any way that we can. To get a friend home safe. To never blame the victim. It's on us. To stand up. To make our community safe for all. It's on us. It's on us to look out for each other at parties. It's on us. To be more than just a bystander. To step up and say something. It's on us, all of us, to stop stop sexual sexual assault. Learn how and take the pledge at itsonus.org. Welcome back to Hoopsville, everybody, as we continue to go along on our season debut here. uh, We're already a segment in. Hope you're enjoying it. If you're just joining us live, thank you for taking the time. If not, um, if you've been with us the whole time, great. You heard me ramble through 15-some-odd minutes of the show. Uh, if you got questions for us, you can always tweet us at D3Hoopsville on hashtag Hoopsville. You can email us, hoopsville at 
sports.com. A lot of that information scrolling at the bottom of your screen. I just noticed because it's always the first show and we always have to double check it that we do have a little bit of a glitch uh, in terms of how we're going to see our next guest uh, and maybe even hear him because who knows at this point. We haven't been able to test out the proper equipment, but we'll get we'll double check Coach here in a minute. But if you do have questions for us, please let us know. We would be happy to uh, talk to you and, and figure out how you're doing and what you're doing and whatever you know, got questions for us. We answer those and it's always fun. It's always a, it's also a, a hodgepodge of whether we know what we're talking about nine times out of 10 too. Uh, that's, that's probably half of it. Actually, no, I, I should just be blunt. Uh, all right, we're going to go to him here, but no promises. I've got the audio figured out because to be honest, I never do. And, uh, we never seem to figure it out the first time around. We are always trying to figure it out later, but we're going to go to it and see if it works. I know we can hear me. Join us on the Hopesville hotline. It is Brian Morehouse, the head coach of the Hope women's basketball team. And we're hoping everybody can hear you coach. Yes, sir. I am ah, hoping it works. that as well. And, uh, it's great to hear your voice. And now we know all is right in the world because, uh, basketball season has started and you're up and at it. Uh, that's true. And we can hear you and that's half the battle for us sometimes. So we're good to go. Uh, first and foremost, um, you know, obviously you're into the season two games in and, and it's so far so good, but let's, let's quickly go back a little bit. Uh, championship that had eluded the team for a few years, not by your fault, not okay. because of losses, uh, but because of COVID, I know it was for your, that program and for that team and for those players, it was a, a finally moment that you guys finally got that championship. But really, from your perspective, what was it like to finally get that W? You know, the the comparison that I would have would be um, my wife's pregnant. You think everything's going to go well. You know, she's ready to have a kid. Um, you know, I'm just there not doing anything. And like, you're just so relieved when your child comes out, they're healthy. Um, and you just have this sense of both joy and relief. Uh, that's a little bit what that was like um, going through that whole process. Like, I, I don't know that I've, I've ever felt a greater sense of relief along with this amazing sense of joy. Uh, just because it wasn't just a one-year buildup, um, it was – hey, I think we got something going here, and then we didn't. And then we go on the next year, and, okay, we're going to have a national tournament this second year, and the NCAA pulls the plug. And so this last year, you're just holding your breath all year long, you know, praying that you don't have injuries, praying that the ball bounces your way. You get to the Final Four. Um, now you got to play Trine, you know, for the fourth time, and you find a way to battle through that, and then you win it. And it's just – an amazing, amazing, um, you know, feeling of both relief and joy. Yeah, I, I can certainly imagine. Thirty-two and one uh, last season. Of course, Trine was the one uh, blip on the radar. An eight-point loss and a dandy of a game in early January, and that almost seemed to kind of spark this team to say, "And enough was enough," because you absolutely steamrolled everybody after that. Though a really tough game against Trine in the semifinals, which was a, a dandy of a game as well. How much have you guys enjoyed it in the off season? A lot. Um, I know you're supposed to be uh, magnanimous in victory, and you know we try to be we try to be all of that. But um, you know, in my opinion, uh, one thing I learned from the last two times we've been in the Final Four, like you, you got to enjoy the ride. Um, and 
it's just, it, it was just such a, it, it's been an amazing spring and summer, honestly. Um, you know, the city of Holland is just, they love basketball already. They love our team. And it's really been cool to just watch our players, you know, whether they're out for sushi, uh, you know, whether they're out, you know, enjoying the mosaic landscapes of, you know, the beaches of Lake Michigan and everything. Like, it's just to have see them celebrated is really, really amazing. And um, it's been a fun ride. You know, I'll, I'll, I'll be honest. And it's helped recruiting. So that's a good thing, too. Well, I would hope it, have, it helped recruiting. Let's be honest, though. You lost a chunk from that team as we all knew you would because a chunk of that yeah. team came back for that run. And that was a little bit of a surprise too. Yeah. yeah. Whew. That's a, that's a big chunk. I mean, you talk about some all time greats in our basketball program and, and we had a bunch of them and, you know, a couple of the kids that nobody talks about, you know, the Hannah Smiths and the Casey to Smiths um, like those kids were huge parts of our national championship run. In fact, I, Without Hannah Smith, our backup five, when when Boss gets in foul trouble in the in the Sweet Sixteen, I I don't know that we uh, we might have had trouble getting over the hump in that one game. So it's been pretty amazing um, just to see those kids get celebrated. And um, we did lose a bunch of kids, but our, our our returners got a little chip on their shoulder right now too. I mean they they know that they were a big part of last year. They know that um, they willingly gave up their starting positions that they should have had as juniors uh, so that those returners could come back. And uh, now it's their turn, and they're really enjoying that. And talk to me a little bit about these leaders now of this team because an interesting development. You're preseason number one, but no preseason All-Americans. And for anybody who's curious, it's because you, you, you had all the All-American spots with your previous team. I mean, yeah. all of the awards went to those seniors who graduated – including in conference. So it's not like anybody had kind of a resume that we, that you can understand because we're flying blind here, coach. Who are these players? I got you. Um, and I'm good with that. I, I am really, really good with that. Um, we, uh, we talk about working in the dark in our basketball program and, um, you know, our, our young players, our returners are perfectly fine flying under the radar right now. They know the work that they put in in the offseason. They know how they went toe-to-toe with those All-Americans every day. They, um, they kept a tally of the of the scores in our season in practice, and they know that they, uh, they, they probably won more than they lost last year in practice when it won five-on-five scrimmages. So um, they're ready for their time. Uh, they don't really worry too much about – any of the preseason accolades, they're just concerned about what they're going to do in season. And they know that if we win, uh, the accolades will follow. Yeah, sure. I, and I'm, the only reason I brought it up is just it's it's an interesting uh, oh, yeah. abnormality, as it were. Yeah. Um, so obviously a bunch of new players and your first game out of the gate, you played Geneva and um, 143 yeah. points to 57 I, i'll admit i thought i saw a typo what mm-hmm. happened in game number one did you guys forget that you is that look like a mid-season game maybe that you're clicking on all those cylinders yeah um well first of all um like i said these kids got a little bit of a chip up on their shoulder and um 
and and that's good because so many times you come back off championships and you know it's kind of a dead year you're having a hard time getting kids going and um you know this group they want you know <laughs> uh we're walking off the court at halftime and one of my captains looks at me and she goes identity established check <laughs> Um, and you know, I, I love that because, you know, they do got a little bit of an edge to them right now and, um, we can score the ball. We like to play fast. Geneva likes to play fast. It was kind of the perfect storm. Um, you know, we had a really good plan. They had already played a game, so they had no scouting report on us. We had a scouting report on them. Um, and we knew that they were going to come out and process and, uh, we, we, we shredded it, um, at the start. Uh, by the way, he's a really good coach. They're going to, they're an up and coming program. They're going to get there he's establishing something really good um but you know the other thing is like when we sub in we've got some young kids who like they can play you know nobody knows about these kids but we got we had a good recruiting class this year uh we, we had some good kids in that sophomore class that didn't get a chance to play last year and you know and we also shot the ball really well so it, it was it was wildly efficient night i don't have any thoughts of that's going to be how the whole season is but for one night we didn't miss and it was a lot of fun do you worry about the i asked this because when we had lincoln's coach on all those years ago when they put up something like 206 on their opponent he made a comment to me oh i don't look at the scoreboard i wasn't paying attention to where the game was of course he put his starters in to start the second half and he played them for about 10 minutes of that half and yeah. You know, you can read between the lines and, and understand that something else was going on there. Yeah, I look our, at your box um, score and I can tell yeah, to some degree you were trying to hold them minutes. off. Yeah, our, our starters I think played thirteen minutes or something crazy. That's the like most. That. Yeah, yeah, and actually the people that played the most were our second string. So, uh, um, you know, again, I think there's a right and wrong way to play the game. Uh, um, you know, you, we are not here for personal accolades. We are not here. Um, you know, to try to score a certain number of points. I, I, I got no idea how many points a record is. I don't, and I don't care. You know, right. our kids don't care. Um, we just want to play the game the right way. And, you know, for one night, uh, we played it pretty well overall. And offensively, we played really, really well. So it, it's fun. You know, I'm, I was more impressed with our effort um, on Saturday, to be perfectly honest with you. I have the utmost uh, respect for their coach. I think she's a hall of famer. Um, you know, why someone like her, a couple of the other, uh, coaches in division three aren't already in the hall of fame, you know, Chris Hoffman, Nancy Fahey, you know, they, they, they should, I really hope that, I really hope the hall of fame will take notice of those people because they deserve to be there. And I think, uh, coach Smith is going to be one of them. And, uh, you know, they're, they're young, um, and we're young. Um, they were missing, you know, a couple of kids that are still playing soccer, um, but we got off to a hot start and then they came back and played really, really well for the last two and a half quarters, but we just had too big of a lead, but that's going to be a really good team this year. And that's going to turn out to be a really good win for us. Um, yeah. You only had one player who played less minutes than any of the starters. Everybody on the other nine reserves all played starter or more minutes or twice as much minutes. So. Yeah. Um, certainly distributed it, and nobody had any monster nights. Yeah. 19 points nope. for Olivia Bello was about the highest amount. Next night, you take on Illinois Wesleyan. Uh, any worry that coming – I mean, that's a beast of a team usually. Any worry you, after you put up 143 that you're not going to really be synced the next night because it, it came too easy? Yeah, I mean, you always worry about that, right? You worry about the 
you, you have a great night one night and then you can't throw it in the ocean the next day. <laughs> um, you know, they, they stymied us, um, you know, the last time we played them, um, you know, cause she's just such a good coach, coach Smith. And, you know, we, we knew that they would press us a little bit. They didn't press us as much as we thought they would. I think because they saw the night before we played really well against the press and up tempo. Um, and, you know, we just, we just got off to a hot start, made a ton of our shots and they missed a bunch of theirs to start the game. Um, then she went zone, which is what she did against us in the national tournament, the sweet 16, a couple of years ago, um, and had us on the ropes until the last two seconds of that game. We should have probably lost and we handled the zone a lot better, shot it really, really well, um, had a much better plan. And, you know, we, we, we just notched ourselves a really good win, uh, against a team that I think is going to be right there for the CCIW. What do you expect from this season? What do you expect from the conference? Our conference is really good. Um, you know, I think that people are starting to understand just how good our conference is. Um, you know, Trine and us both in the final four, Calvin with 20 wins last year, uh, Albion with 20 plus wins. I mean, we have, we have four teams with 20 wins last year and, and we're playing each other and beating the snot out of each other, uh, winning non-league games. So I, I thought last year was great for our league. Um, what do I think about our league? I think, uh, Calvin's got an all American Gabby Timmers back for her fifth year. She's unstoppable. Um, you know, trying is always good, solid. They stack great recruiting classes on great recruiting classes. Um, you know, I think the, the people, the team that people are sleeping on right now is Albion. They return everybody and they had 20 wins last year. Um, I tried to tell people that were on the voting committees that they were going to be really good this year. Uh, you know, I think people just look at the year before a lot. So, um, you know, I think our league is going to be really, really good. Um, Alma's an up and coming program. Um, so it's, it's going to be fun. Like it's not just a walk away where only two teams are competitive. You know, it's, uh, we got, we got four or five different teams that, you know, are going to be able to win games on any given night. And I think even, uh, the teams that aren't at the top, uh, five in our pro league are improving every year. So it's fun. Um, they all play different styles, which I think really gets us ready, uh, when we see non-league opponents as well. You had one loss in the last three seasons, granted a little bit wonky, but still one loss in the last three seasons. The last time you had multiple losses was the 19 season when you finished with five. Um, success like that usually breeds lots of phone calls from other programs who would love to get a piece of Brian Morehouse at their institution and how they play. And mm -hmm. can you save their program or rise them up, maybe even the D1 level? How often mm -hmm. are you getting calls and how interested would you be? Yeah, I'm not getting many of those calls. I don't know. Uh, maybe I'm getting old and they want younger coaches, <laughs> but, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm just not, I'm, I'm just not getting a lot of those, uh, a lot of those calls. And, you know, I think it's a little bit like being a cowboy on John Dutton's ranch in Yellowstone. You know, it's like, um, you know, you, you sit there and John Dutton, like he's just the old, old dude and like nobody messes with him. And, um, you know, finally gets the call to like run for governor and everybody's surprised and uh you know but i'm not getting any of those calls to run for governor right now um i love where i'm at i love hope college um i love uh i love the campus i i you know i i get to coach my daughter it's been a blessing um i have another daughter that's a junior um and she's a business and communications double major um you know she's gonna go study in europe international business next year um you know hope has been great for me 
Um, I, I don't feel like I have to coach at the next level to prove anything, but I'm also not saying that I would never coach at the next level. I don't think you ever want to shut the door on that. Um, Scott Ruick has had incredible success. Um, you know, we've had other coaches that have gone on, um, you know, our friends from Scranton went to Bucknell, um, yeah. you know, you got, Aaron, you got Aaron down at Richmond, uh, and some other very successful coaches. I think the real story is how many would, with, with the successful people that have gone D one, why more D ones don't call D three coaches because they, we, we have figured out some things and if the D one ADs could humble themselves and hire some of the D3 people, I think that they would get really, really good coaches. Uh, bias uh, side of me says no. Uh, they can stay in D3. I'm perfectly fine with our coaching crop. Uh, right. But the but the realist of me is, agrees with you, though I would, just to counter, since you brought it up, do you think the Nancy Fay experience at Illinois, though, causes any to pause? Because I agree with you. Scott Ruick mm-hmm. and, and – um, uh, the success in the in the Patriot League, especially as you pointed out, says otherwise. Yeah, no, I don't think so, and I, I and I don't think Nancy did anything wrong there. I mean, no, she walked no. into a she walked into a hot mess. To be honest with you, fair. Um, and um, and I think that there is a growth uh, opportunity there when when you walk into those situations. Um, but it has to be like a top down situation in any institution. Yeah. Uh, they have to value women's basketball and like that's that's what i that's why i'm so impressed with oregon state right because from the day that scott walked in there first of all they needed him more than he probably needed them true but um like he started to establish that identity in the community and the community uh really embraced and corvallis the women's basketball program yeah and like his team did so much in the community to build that and now, you know, going to the gill is a happening, you know, and I and I feel like that's one thing that the visiting three coaches understand is like you don't just roll out the balls and expect people to come and watch. Like you got to provide a certain style of play. You got to be in the community, um, you know, and I and I think that's one of the gifts of division three coaches is that they understand that and they know how to build that. Uh, you're exactly right. Um, I think the only thing the D3s have to get used to is is just as Nancy Fay said, um, managing two teams one the team and two your coaching team because there's so much going on and so many other different pieces uh quickly before i let you go i noticed by the way uh you guys apparently aren't traveling this year uh home against uh geneva and was illinois wesleyan home against finlandia home against eau claire home against wisconsin lutheran you'd go down the road a bit to see calvin and then you're home against wittenberg home against great lakes christian um and then conference is going to force you away uh, you will go to Delaware, Ohio here, but uh, are, do, have you guys lost? Have you guys, someone forgot the keys for the bus? Um, well, two things. Um, it takes two to dance <laughs> in those situations. Yes. And that's... Leave it I at mean, that. I'll say that. I'm going to impress everybody wants to and, come play at your place. Um, and we got a great place, right? Um, and I think the other part is, um, you know, right now with, with our academic schedules of our kids, and, and I think academic schedules of all kids in college are really hard. But, you know, I, I currently have a couple different nurses and engineer, um, some kids in student teaching. Um, 
you know, it's, it's really difficult to have them, you know, off, off campus. And, you know, we've been fortunate enough that the college has been able to support us having a home tournament. Um, but, you know, we're going to go to New York city next year. Um, we tried to get out to California next year. We, we you know it's also Michigan is difficult because, you know, uh, you know, coach Smith and I have talked at Illinois Wesleyan, um, it's just really difficult with our league starting. I mean, we play Calvin on November 30th. Yeah. Our league starts on November 30th. Yeah. I mean, that's insane. Okay. You should not be playing league games on November 30th. I agree. And, and so what does that do to you? I mean, that takes away all your weekends and it's just, I'm not going to put my kids on a bus for seven hours to go play a single game at Illinois Wesleyan. And I told me of that. And I mean, I just, we're just not going to do that. Sure. And, um, and so our playing on the weekends, um, and there aren't that many tournaments on the second weekend, there's a lot of first weekend tournaments. There aren't many on the second weekend. Right. Um, Everybody you know, that's our way first. of, right. And I think that, I don't know, I think D3 is missing out on some opportunities there as well. Um, and I think we ought to just go back to back big tournament weekends, but, um, anyway, I think that's the way to do it. We're looking forward to traveling to Ohio. Um, you know, playing some good teams out there. Um, you know, we, we got bucket list, you know, I've got bucket list places that I want to go coach, um, in, you know, I, I, that's why going to New York is going to be a big thing for me. Um, getting out to the East coast, hopefully, and, and coaching out there. Um, you know, and I, and we've been in some of the biggest venues and best venues, you know, being able to go on, go and play in some places in Illinois and Wisconsin, um, into Ohio, some, and, you know, playing out in Springfield, Massachusetts and, uh, you know, the, the hall of fame out there, you know, there've been some great places that I've had a chance to go and coach and I'm hoping to add some West coast to it. Um, maybe some East coast to it. Um, and kind of see where that takes us, but, uh, super excited about the year, Dave. Um, you know, we got a, I think this year is going to be wild across division three. Yeah, I, I do. I think I, the, the, the parity is getting, uh, more and more impressive. Um, you know, good teams are willing to play each other. You see so many good matchups early in the season. You know, you look who, I mean, Milliken's played a great preseason schedule. Whitewater's played a great preseason schedule. You know, um, so many different schools are playing really good people in the first weekends, and I love it. You know, I think us playing Illinois Wesleyan, like, that's a premier matchup. Yeah, absolutely. Honestly. And we play Eau Claire, uh, and they're a great team and, and a great coach, and they're All-American. And, um, you know, like, that's that's really a cool thing. I think, and um, you know, we you get to play outside of your league, and if you schedule right, you get to play really, really good teams. And so, I'm super excited about this season. Um, I had a the pleasure of being uh, on a phone call on a Zoom with uh, the coach at Randolph Macon for an hour last week, and um, for their with their men's coach, and it was just interesting comparing notes and like how does he do things, how do we do things, and. Um, just a really, really great guy. I've never talked to him, never met him. And he texted me and asked if we could get on a zoom. And I told him like, why aren't we doing this every other week, man? Like it was, it was awesome. So division three is great. I love that. There's a huge respect level between the men and the women right now. I don't know that that's always been there, the men's and the women's programs. And I just, I feel like division three is united in their basketball now more than they've ever been uh, across both genders. No, I agree with you entirely. By the way, no, w thanks for this self-plug a little bit there. Josh Merkel will be on coming up. 
here on Hoopsville. We'll be chatting with the Yellow Jackets head coach, just not on the same Zoom call. By the way, a couple quick notes. First, I know talking uh, to a school with, the, with the, the background that Hope has, this may be a little bit uh, undoable, but there's a great tournament between Christmas and New Year's out in Las Vegas. I'm just saying. Vegas, I know. I'm just saying there's I'm a wonderful tournament out there. I know. I'm talking to my AD. Don't worry. I'm just saying. If We're you need working. to, I'll make calls. <laughs> my my problem is I, I, I have terrible impulses, and I'm afraid if I'm out there, I'll do dumb things. And I don't have <laughs> See, that's why I said, enough money as a D3 coach. Now, if I'm a D1 coach, I have enough money to go there right. and not worry about losing a little money. I mean, that's right true. now, I'm, I'm trying to pay for two kids to get through college. No, I hear you. I hear you. But I'm just saying, maybe you can find a way to – no, I'm not going to encourage you. Um, but I'm just saying, come on out. Uh, the other thing, real quick, while I've got you before I let you go – if you have the same success as last year, you could be playing for a national championship under the big lights in front of a lot of important people yeah. in Dallas, Texas, at American Airlines Arena, yeah. at the home of the D1 Final Four this year. Yeah. We know what that was like a few years back when Thomas Moore got that opportunity in Indianapolis. Yeah. You've you got to be chomping at the, little, at the bit a little bit for that. Yeah, I'm going to call Jeff and ask me to send him a call. Send me a couple of his players, so I got a better shot at getting them. <laughs> Sir, they got in trouble a little bit. You don't want to go there. <laughs> go, Coach Hands, man. That guy, he's he's. I, there's another guy. Okay, like how how is that guy not got a D one job? Yeah. Like the only way he's going to get a D one job is they, they just keep moving up. So he could do NAI D two. Like Thomas will be D one. I mean, Brian, if we want to talk real about that, they were just skirting around the uh, punishments from D three. Right. <laughs> I mean, but yes, I agree with you. He he's certainly been successful. But I know again, Final Four going to be a big opportunity or the D1 be amazing, Final Four, you know, big opportunity. Yeah, it's it's such a unique setup this year, isn't it? Like you know, you go back to the um, you go to back to the Elite Eight. It's almost like volleyball, like you know, yeah. you go to the Elite Eight for two games and the fi- Elite Eight Final Four, and then the winners of the Final Four. There really isn't a Final Four. There's just a championship in Dallas. And, right. um, you know, fortunate to be on the WBCA executive committee. And um, that, that's just going to be a heck of a heck of a Final Four, heck of a national convention for the WBCA. Um, it's going to be it's going to be the place to be if you love women's basketball. And yeah. you get three national championships uh, within the span of, what, 48 hours? Yeah. And, uh, if you're a hoops junkie. Oh, 24. It doesn't get much better than that. And I'd, I'd love it if we were there. Um, certainly, uh, that's a long ways away. And, yeah. you know, as I'm watching film from last weekend, uh, it doesn't feel like we're anywhere in that zip sure. code. Sure. That's just okay. being a cranky old 27-year-old vet where nothing is ever good enough. There you go. And I'm cranky. And, you know, that's just who I am. And uh, I, I love my kids more after practice today. Um, and, you know, we'll love them more as the week goes along. But uh, right now we're not good enough. But as I talked to Olivia Ledet Milliken today and a couple other people, and she said, Coach, nobody's good enough right no. now. And I said, Olivia, that's why you're far, far smarter than I am. <laughs> She's off to a good start there. That's for sure. Hey She's Brian, I appreciate I appreciate the time. Would chat with you forever, but we don't, you know, no one I don't know if anyone wants to tune in for the entire experience. And I know I'm taking away you away from much bigger and better priorities. 
Yes, Dave. Um, we got to talk about the rescheduling here because I had things planned out. This was my Yellowstone night. Okay, <laughs> this is my Yellowstone night. I had you last week. Yeah, now, I know. Horn and, yeah, I mean, me, John Dutton, I mean, Rip, and all of a sudden now I... I'm, I'm I'm trending. I'm running behind, man. And hey, I don't all know I what's know going is on on the ranch. You chose me over Dutton and Rip. I take I, I take uh, I take that as a as a sign of respect, and and I'm gonna hang that on my resume. I I love that. Do you ever wonder if on that show, if they ever just like did something crazy, like slid sushi to Rip, <laughs> and, and what he would do, like just crazy stuff. I come up with crazy ideas like that. You but, mean that uh, show isn't crazy think... enough for you, sir? No, no. <laughs> that show's insane. Well, I just watched the season insane. finale I for last year, last season to get ready for this one, and I'm like, where? Well, forgot how deep this thing was. My best friend, his wife, wants to get riding, and she wants to get a horse and a barn <laughs> because she loves Yellowstone so much. I right, go out I'm to like, a ranch first, then decide. Okay. I know, but you know what? I think that I think, and I think it's good. I think she should do it. Because I'm not paying for it. Just don't go to Wyoming. There's a bus stop or a train station you don't want to visit, apparently. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> oh, thanks, man. Like you are the best. And thanks for thanks for being the, the face of Division Three Hoops. I mean, without you, like we are not what we aspire to be. And you are really the engine that's pushing the social media and the and the media train for D three and um, I appreciate you being you because I've been around a long time and, and um, I, I just you push the D3 agenda and uh, we need that. So thanks a lot, Dave, for you and D3 Hoops and all you guys do and uh, keep up the great work. Thanks, Brian. I appreciate it. Always give the coach a final word. Anything else to add? I love basketball. I love being at Hope and uh, I really love my team this year. And I'm I'm fired up to to coach. I love coaching these kids up. So you have a good one. Thanks for the time and uh, go hope. Thanks, Brian. Take care of yourself. Talk to you soon, Brian Moore. Uh, Good to chat with Brian. Sorry, Mike cut out there. Uh, Fun to chat with him. Uh, Good times. Uh, Crazy guy. We love that guy. And he he likes his team this year. Fair warning to everybody out there. Fair warning. <laughs> it's, it's a bunch that we don't know, but it's a team that's experienced. It, it, it's a weird factor there, and they absolutely might blow the doors off the, of the building uh, in the near future. Um, good team. Scary to think about. See how it plays out. When we come back, Josh Merkel will join us, talk about his Yellow Jackets team. There's a team that's kind of retooled, but just as good, but without Buzz Anthony. So good are they? Well, we'll find out. We'll talk to him about it. You're listening to Hoops Hope, presented by D3Hoops.com. From the NABC Studios, more after this. Great moments are born from great opportunity. That's what you have here tonight. 
That's what you've earned here tonight. This is your time. Now go out there and take it. It's on us to stop sexual assault. In any way that we can. To get a friend home safe. To never blame the victim. It's on us. To stand up. To make our community safe for all. It's on us. It's on us to look out for each other at parties. It's on us. To be more than just a bystander. To step up and say something. It's on us, all of us. To, to stop, stop sexual assault. assault. Learn how and take the pledge at itsonus.org. There are over 480,000 college athletes. Only 2% will go pro. That means over 470,000 will not get a shoe contract. No autographs. No private jets. No fan clubs. No Hall of Fame inductions. Instead, they will walk away with something much more valuable. We've got more schools than Division One, more fans than Division Two, and more upsets than March Madness. There's 800 programs with over 11,000 games, leading to two national championships. And we've been covering it all for over a decade. From Eastern to Occidental, from Puget Sound to Piedmont, from Southwestern to the University of New England, and from Hope to Calvin. Nobody covers Division Three basketball like we do. We're D3Hoops.com at www.d3hoops.com. Welcome back to Hoops Hello, everybody. On this uh, Monday, the 14th of November, we are live. If you're listening to the podcast, thanks for tuning in. Uh, if you're listening to the archive, thanks for watching. Um, we'll have news on how we'll be doing Hoopsville for the rest of this 2022 section of this of stuff and how you can help us or looking for advertisers and sponsors and anything to contribute. We'll also be talking about plenty more coming up in the show, some news and notes to go through. Uh, great chatting with Brian uh, Morehouse uh, about hope. Uh, thanks for his time coming up in a moment. We're going to talk to Josh Merkel um, from Randolph-Macon. During their post-game celebration, they were giving me a hard time about the fact that I don't have a jersey from Randolph-Macon in my backdrop. And I pointed out to him, I said, I, I, I get those jerseys from teams. What's up? So they immediately made ends work and sent me a Randolph-Macon jersey. I've just not gotten it up behind us. They're not the only ones. we got some cool jerseys in the offseason. Here's another one. If you're not sure which that one is, that's Mississippi College of Women, which finally, I'm told, is seriously considering a new name. Well, that one's a cool one, isn't it? I love that one. Uh, also, um, i got one more to surprise, but another one out of Texas. Got the Dallas Uni. That's a beaut. Then we got a, a treat, a real special one. This one, we're going to show the back because this is significant, the 21, because it indicates the last time this school was in existence. We got a Wesley jersey. How about that, huh? So we're going to hang those up soon enough, get those on the wall along with others. Um, got some time because, uh, again, we'll talk about a little bit later about when uh, other live shows will be taking place in the future. But back to Randolph-Macon, off to a good start, 2-0, though a – Tough game in their second game of the season against Hood, uh, where they had to go overtime against 
a triple overtime against the Blazers to get that victory. Um, but again, defending national champs, yes, without Buzz Anthony, but they bring pretty much everybody else back. There are a few other players who did graduate. How does that play out? Well, earlier today, we talked to Josh Merkel about it all. Now joining us on the Hoopsville Hotline, it's the head coach. National champions, as is the theme tonight. It is Josh Merkel from Randolph-Macon. Coach, I have a feeling offseason was a little shorter than you're used to this year, at least the feeling of it. I'm Celebrations. Coming back here because it seemed like there was an echo on that. I apologize. going to try and figure out where that echo may be coming from in a moment here. Just going to quickly check it. And maybe it was just on our end, and if it was, I, I apologize for stopping that interview. Um, we're going to double. I just I just want to make sure that wasn't on our end. It seemed like there was an echo when I went to listen to it, but then it seemed like it was fine, too, when I was watching the thing. So I apologize if there was indeed an echo. Um, we're going to try and figure out what happened and see if we can uh, – fix that and run it again. But uh, Josh Merkel, again, joining us earlier today on the show um, in a pre-taped interview, because it's just easier that way. Uh, we talked about his team. Went a little long, maybe, and then all of a sudden the season was around the corner. The celebrations probably went too long. Uh, so we're excited for this journey and, um, you know, playing some games, testing ourselves against some other people. Uh, you know, we've had the two games under our belt now, and uh, we've got a lot of gaps to close, long way to go. But like we talked about earlier, um, a lot of teams are in this boat. And I think it's just how quickly can you close those gaps? Um, but but happy to be on this, you know, this journey, playing and, the season, um, playing, you know, games, playing some games, uh, testing ourselves team, against some other people and put, putting uh, last you know, year behind us. Sure. Uh, well, I, I hope you don't mind. I want to take a moment to still look at last year in the sense that, again, it was a championship that was kind of on the radar for a long time for you guys. When we look back at it, we kind of went, wow, you imagine if we didn't have COVID and we didn't have this. Granted, that championship for that year may not have been because you would have had graduation sooner, but that team and that makeup could have been in that conversation for so long. You finally got to that summit, got that title with just one loss and probably one of the most dominating teams we've seen, especially at the championship weekend. When you look back now, a few months later, and after all the revelry and, and certainly alumni celebrations and all of that, what was that season like? What was that championship like for you, the team, uh, the program, the school, et cetera? I mean, it, it was magical when you look back on it. You know, you never think of that while you're in it because um, you're just trying to win the next game. You're trying to just get a little bit better each time. Um I would say it wasn't without its uh, challenges like anything of just, you know, um, growing. And uh, it was a great group, though, I will say, um, you know, guys just aligned. They cared for each other. You know, we had been able to do an international trip. So I think there was a lot of trust there. Uh, great mix of, of veterans. Uh, I, I say David Funderburg, the best teammate that I've ever been able to coach. So in addition to the talent that we had, uh, seniors, you know, just a group around Buzz that that were superstars in their role. And then, you know, but Buzz not the only talented when you when you look at our talented bigs and Miles and then Daniel and his emergence as a rebounder and then the things that Josh can do even off the ball, you know, averaging five assists and another four rebounds and, you know, his ability to break defenses down. It, it was fun to solve problems with that group. And, uh, you know, can't say enough about Buzz who's still playing to this day. But, you know, I lost my best assistant when he left to graduation. 
And uh, he's as good a player as I've had and, and as good of coach. Like he just never let plays go. I'm, I'm surprised actually you let him go. I, I, I figured you'd throw <laughs> enough money at him to say, you need to stay as an assistant, forget your playing career. It's not necessary. Uh, obviously he's over in Germany uh, now, but I mean, at some point he may no longer continue playing. Is that the kind of guy you want to get back in the fold if you could? Well, he, he will be coaching, you know, when his playing days are over. Um, he's just, his, his mind is sharp. He, he loves the, he loves the game, but he also loves development and helping guys grow. And, um, well, I, I think he can coach at the highest level. So we'll see, you know, in terms of what what steps he takes to get there in his journey. But, um, you know, he he had maybe three or four coaching offers um, that he was able to turn down for to continue playing. So he, he, he will have a ton of opportunities, I think, when his time comes. I love the term, was able to turn down. Uh, that's <laughs> not one you can use all that often. Hey, you know, the lone loss last year came to a, a really good Christopher Newport squad, which you almost saw again in the semifinals. Of course, they're good this season yet again. And, and it seemed like that loss, granted, you didn't have all your pieces there, was by one point, kind of helped steamroll you guys into the rest of that season and really feels like it's still kind of part of this season, that game against hood uh, where you went triple overtime and, and won. I felt like I, there was a little bit of reminiscent of, we, you know, got to keep fighting. You you yeah. can't just kind of give it up at the end. I think that's a great comparison actually. Cause I, I felt a little bit like that CNU game as well. And, and actually when we think back to CNU, it's a great game for us because, you know, feel like they're the standard and we get to measure ourselves and where we are. Uh, in relation to the, just the national program when we play those guys. So um, I would say that, and so yeah, this uh, this hood game, we were tested and, you know, all the credit to those guys and their coaching staff, great game plan. And it just gave us all kinds of problems. And, and we just, we, it, it showed and exposed how much work we have to do to continue to stay relevant as a program. You and I talked a little bit about this after the championship game. Not that I'm trying to bring up a personal conversation, but I am kind of curious in the offseason. You win a national championship at Division Three. The way you guys did it, the program you have built, I know your phone was ringing from other programs at higher levels saying, hey, would you like to come here? Whether it's a head coach, associate coach, assistant coach, director of operations, whatever. W was their phone ringing often? Was it hard to say no? Because I'm assuming you're saying no because you're sitting in this seat right now talking to me. But was it hard to to make those decisions? Or are you happy where you are and settled and, and don't need to make that move? Yeah, I definitely don't need to make that move. I'm in a great spot. I think you have to be careful not to run from, and I don't even like the word happy, but not to run from happy, you know, for lack of a better word. I think sure. fulfilled is the word that I like to use because I could be um, – I'm in a very fulfilling job and uh, I'm very fortunate and uh, feel very blessed to be in this role. And um, I know there's a ton of coaches that would love to be where I'm at. And I love coaching talented, quality young men, helping them grow, chance to win a lot of games along the way. Um, I've been at that level before. I think we, we've talked before. It's not everything. Um, I learned a lot when I was at that level. But um, I think at the end of the day, when you can be somewhere where you feel like you're where you're supposed to be, that's the best place that you can be. We tell our guys all the time, be where you're planted uh, or bloom where you're planted and be where your feet are. And that starts with me and um, and our staff. So, you know, I, it comes back to I feel super grateful to be impacting lives right here at Randolph-Macon, Dave.
Uh, just for the record, that means D1, stop calling. Patriot League, you love to pillage D3's talent. Stop it. Just stop it. Josh is not going anywhere. You've heard it on the record here, and we're going to make sure he stays here forever. That's just right. just figured we'd uh, lock that down solid now. Uh, <laughs> let's transition into this year. Obviously, uh, got off to a, a start up at Hood. First two games of the season on the 11th and 12th. Mary Baldwin in the first game, 71-49, as we mentioned, the triple overtime win over Hood. Uh, triple overtime that you did not have three of your starters due to fouling out of the game. Give us a little sense of those challenges that you hinted at at the at the beginning of getting this uh, this team back up and running. And to be honest with you, how hard is it to shake off kind of the yeah we're champions and maybe understanding you're at zero now? Yeah, I mean, I think it's less of uh, I don't think our guys are walking around like hey we're the best uh, mm-hmm. and we didn't do that last year or the year before that. I think a big part is you know adjusting to life without buzz. We ran so many things through them. Guys are in positions where they need to make way more decisions on and off the ball, how to space, how to play to strengths. And then if we just take the hood game, I mean, Chad Dickman does an unbelievable job with that program. They're a 20-win team. They lost a couple studs, but they had seven of their top ten returning from a team that knows how to win, has been to the playoffs, and and is really strong in their identity. I would say identity of the zone, identity of the take advantage of mismatches, drive the ball, shoot threes. So we limited their three attempts – but they still shot a super high percent. It made 11 of 23. So we really didn't do a good job guarding the arc. Uh, <laughs> and we didn't do a good job of really guarding them at all. And you just got to give them and their players credit. They um, they drove us. Our help wasn't there. We weren't closing down the floor, shrinking the floor like we needed to. We didn't look to score in transition. We fouled them too much. Uh, I mean, it was uh, a perfect storm for us to get beat. And I am I'm proud of the resiliency. And maybe we made one more play and did enough to uh, come out of there, but um, could have easily went the other way. And uh, it's just going to be about how quickly our group can learn because I think that's what you're up against is um, everyone has gaps to close and how quickly can we close those gaps when when guys start getting coached a little bit harder, how do they respond? Uh, and it's not going to get much easier because you've got one more non-conference game coming up this week against Mary Washington before you jump square into conference play and you jump in deep because you start with the rival in, in Hamden, Sydney, who we saw last year improving immediately under their new coaching uh, world. And you got Randolph after that. And then you got a real tough game on the road at Virginia Wesleyan before we even hit December. And oh, by the way, Washington only in Eastern Mennonite. You've got five conference games out of the gate yeah. that are going to test you guys and that win streak you've got going. How hard is it, A, to get ready for just what you've got ahead of you in Mary Washington and B, not start looking too far ahead? Yeah, I mean, it's. I don't think it's too hard to not start looking too far ahead. We just got to, you know, one day at a time, one practice. Uh, all, all the coaching cliches are going to come out. But, um, you know, typically we would be a little uh, like heavy minute guys wouldn't be going as hard today and would be a big learning day. But we, we have to get reps. So, you know, we're kind of changing our format in terms of what we do today. We'll watch some film, but then we have to get after it. And um, we just got to close these gaps that we have right now, offensively and defensively. And, and get more in sync. And um, I'm looking forward to the challenge. But, uh, you know, that's the great thing about playing these games is if you're not at your best, you will get exposed. How does the ODAC shake up this year? You've got a Roanoke team that seems to still be building. You've got Virginia Wesleyan, I think, last year started showing its return maybe a little bit. Guilford has, start, has started to lurk again. Who knows when Lynchburg turns it around and, and starts to come back to the top again. And we can keep on going here because Washington Lee has shown signs of improvement. And and you've got new, now Everett in the conference as well. 
Well, how do you see this conference shaking out this season? Yeah, I mean, if you if you're asking me, I, I'd probably pick us fifth or sixth in the league based on some of the returners coming back, uh, the respect I have for the coaches in our league and the job they do and the defenses that we have to see. Because I think the last few years, Dave, if you look at it, we've had three teams in that top twenty five defensive yeah. field goal percentage. You just got some guys that can really coach and get get their guys to understand what they want to do and the concepts. So it's it's gonna be it's gonna be an awesome year. You know, you got some fifth year guys. You got some really talented. Uh, veterans i think um you, you mentioned the teams uh, I, I think a lot of the, some of those teams that you mentioned and uh you just got to take it game by game basis and um you know keep improving week to week and try and be that that toughest team to play uh later in the year you know you just try and learn as much as you can along the way interesting enough for hamden sydney out of the gate to start conference play you also then get them at their place on january 4 if that's an advantageous date for that game uh for you guys i i can't think of a better one when maybe nobody not as many numbers are around to make that place a little bit easier maybe to play in as a road team. Talk to me about this squad. We talked about losing Buzz Anthony. Fundenberg obviously gone. I think he was a huge part of that team's run late in the season and maybe a little bit undersung in his role. But then, listen, you still bring back Talbert, which I I, maybe to me was a surprise. You lose track of who could graduate and who doesn't, to be honest. So you bring back Talbert and you bring back these other guys who have a lot of talent. But as you said, Buzz was running the show for all intents and purposes. Who's now that guy to watch in his role? Not that he's necessarily running things, but, you know, captaining the ship to some degree. And how do the other guys now fit into those roles? Yeah, we just talked about um, because, you know, Josh and Miles, their athleticism and how they see the game. uh, You know, you got a couple of the a couple of very good players on the floor at all times, guarding a forward. And yet Buzz made all of our jobs easier. And so still need those guys to, you know, level up 1% better. They don't, nobody needs to be Buzz, but right. everyone, all all five, all 17 of our guys need to be 1% better every day, stack those good days and stack the habits. I would say um, there's a point guard from uh, Maryland, Jabril Robinson, who has done a nice job defensively, um, good pace off the ball screens, was not able to play in that hood game, um, but just uh, came down with a, with, with a, sickness so he he should be back and um you know feel good about him and we've got some other young guys there have been a couple some some injuries to our guys and we just I feel like our freshmen have uh, have hit the injury bug and maybe some of it's the physicality but just um we need to get we need to get some more healthy bodies out there uh there's a young guard in Keyshawn Pulley uh from here in Richmond that um we, we feel really good about but he's you know learning the speed of the game and learning defensively um and we've got a number of guys that uh, that are finding their way when it comes to that. I think Daniel's going to have a great year for us, uh, been a great leader, uh, continues to get better, and Will Coble should be taking a step as well offensively. We'll talk about this a little bit later in the season, but how much is a shorter preseason by choice? Because you don't have to start your games on November 8th. Um, you guys chose to start November 11. Mm-hmm. How, how much is that shorter period of time to get guys – up to speed on things, a factor at this point moving forward? That's a great question, Dave. I would say because, you know, you play on the – everyone has the same amount of prep time more or less, you know, Mm -hmm. with a couple days in between. So um, what I would say is depending on your pre – well, depending on the time that guys – how much guys get out of the time before the coaches is important. So what they're doing in their preseason, not our preseason, is is big. And then – I still think until games, until it really matters, there's still that um, lack of urgency that the games create. 
Sure. And so I think in that sense, the games can be really good because sometimes as coaches, we say it, but they need to see it. They need to feel it. They, the loss needs to happen for them to really start taking even more ownership. So I think um, I think you're never going to fully get them ready. So, you know, four weeks, eight weeks, you know, you never get to prepare for everything that you need to. So it's about, you know, um, having that faith when you step into those games and that we will learn as the game goes on and be better down the road. You mentioned illness. Obviously, COVID is still out there, but the impact it's having on schools and the sport, society in general, has changed, obviously, in the last few years. This feels like the first year we're entering a season where the it's not a a something over the shoulder or lingering over us or something that we're just waiting for the bottom to drop out. We're going to be able to understand how to play through it is what I'm trying to get at. Yeah. How much is it different for you from a coaching perspective? Yeah. It's almost like I've, I've um, edited that out of my mind <laughs> back. Um, Cause now that you mentioned it, you, you know, you start to think back to uh, everything that came along with those couple of years. Um, yeah. It's not, it's not really a factor that I'm thinking about, you know, it's more uh I got the tunnel vision as far as the team and where we need to grow and having some player discussions and watching the film and things like that, which is which is nice to just be able to, you know, focus on that academic issues and everything else, but helping these young men grow instead of, um, you know, some of that other stuff that was coming along with it. Just curious, though, do you have to still consider it in the sense of if somebody comes down with it, how it impacts your program and what you guys are doing in terms of the next steps along the way? I think I'll just cross that bridge when we get there. Sure. And, you know, trainers and medical staff will tell me what we need to do. There you go. Um, but I feel like our guys have been, uh, you know, yeah, pretty resilient when it comes to that. Maybe we've been fortunate as far as uh, they, they've had it and it hasn't come back and we've been pretty good to go. Uh, national championship has a way of kind of – firing things up football team had 10 wins this season made the ncaa tournament obviously other programs there have had success as well is that a real thing can can a national championship by one sport kind of spring other sports forward or is it just something we all like to see and try and make more of i think it would be pretty arrogant of me to say that uh other teams are having success because we have i think <laughs> i think a lot of our head football coach pedro Aruza and his group of guys i mean those guys get after it they're working yeah. in the summer they're working all year uh, they were nine and one last year this is a program that, that has had consistent success I, I just think all our athletic programs you've got athletes that are that are getting after it um putting in more than just the two hours of practice on a given day and so I, I do think there's a, a culture of excellence. Um, and then other teams do see the work ethic, I think, that goes into winning. And maybe some of that could be rubbing off for sure. But but we even learn from other great programs that are here as well. Well, I appreciate the time. I know you're busy getting you guys ready for the game against Mary Washington, just down the road, as it were, uh, from you guys. That's probably one of your closest opponents, is it not? It is the closest, yes. Yeah, sir. yeah. That's, I mean, literally, I would say you could walk, but I think that might be a little too far. <laughs> um, appreciate the time, as always. Good luck this season. Uh, we'll look forward to seeing how the Yellow Jackets fare and obviously the Odak battle, which could be a beast. As always, though, we give the guests the final word. Any final thoughts you want to share with those who may be tuned in? I, I would say, Dave, uh, thanks for having me on. I know the listeners may be tired and want some different <laughs> guests on here, but uh, love, love Hoopsville, love D3 Hoops, and, and love the uh, spotlight that you're helping to share with others out there uh, about the great players that that are playing at this level so thank you well thank you josh appreciate it uh good luck again this season look forward to talking to you down the road even chatting behind the scenes and uh in, at least enjoy it i know the banner hanging will be fun appreciate that all right have a great one see you josh merkel joining us here on the uh hoopsville hotline 
And thanks to Coach for coming on the show. Really appreciate his time uh, to chat, and always good to talk to Josh and to get the Randolph-Macon perspective. Good number one teams. Uh, do I think they'll all stay number one their whole season? On the men's side, no. I, I like Randolph-Macon, but I think it's going to be wide open on the men's side. I think we're going to. I don't think Randolph-Macon can go with only one loss the entire season. Um, and heck, we talked about it in their schedule. That's going to be challenging. And on the women's side, maybe Hope can. Uh, but I think, as Brian Morehouse said, I think that season is wide open as well. We're going to come back, do some news notes, uh, some updates for you. We just got more news. Another men's coach has stepped down or is in the process of stepping down. We talked about Paul Combs at Carroll earlier. Well, apparently something's in the water up in that part of the country. We will talk about that and much more. You listen to Hoops Hope presented by D3Hoops.com from the NABC Studios. More after this. love of the game but for those of us who are division three student athletes it's more than that a lot more sure the game is important but as we work so hard to build both mind and body it's more about team that is why ncaa division three teamed up with special olympics and in giving the gift of sport to those for whom it seemed an impossible dream we are working to make this a better world help us keep that dream alive you can make a difference Coach of the Year, Administrator of the Year, All-America Team, Wade Trophy. The WBCA doesn't just honor coaches, but players, administrators, and much more. The WBCA strives to honor those who have contributed to the advancement of women's basketball. Celebrate the present, honor the past, look to the future. It's on us, it's on all of us, and it's time to act now. It's on us to start the change. It's on us to be the change. It's on us, it's on Division Three. It's on all of us to stop sexual assault. I learned a lot of valuable lessons playing college football. I never thought about the health benefits of exercise until I actually started to talk to coaches in college. It's not only just for performance, it's for life. My coaches instilled the importance of well-being, not only building up strength, mental health, getting enough sleep, eating properly, it's all what it is to be healthy. I decided that I want to go on a personal trainer and share my knowledge that I obtained in college about physical and mental well-being. Welcome back to Hoopsville, everybody, as we uh, are going to hit the news and notes section of the show here tonight uh, and then wrap things up a little bit earlier than we're used to. Yeah, a little bit different on the two-hour stretch, which is what we'll get to in a moment. And I keep putting it off because we keep getting other news out there. 
So we broke at the beginning of the show that Carroll has announced that Paul Combs has left the men's basketball job there, apparently stepping down after the first two games of the season, which uh, they lost by an average of 16 points. Um, seemed out of nowhere after 10 seasons there. Well, during the segment with Josh Merkel, I was alerted to another coaching decision up in that neck of the woods. This one out of MSOE, Minnesota School of Engineering, right? Milwaukee School of Engineering. Sorry, I didn't mean Minnesota. Milwaukee School of Engineering. So in the same area, and this is from head coach Brian Miller. He puts on Twitter a few hours ago saying, having just begun my 35th year in coaching, including my 29th as college head coach and my 19th here at MSOE, I have decided that Saturday, November 19th will be my last game. This time is right to focus my professional efforts on the growth of our athletic department and to spend more personal time watching my children play the sports that they love. We should point out he's also the athletics director at MSOE. He continues, I am filled with humility and gratitude to all the Ryder alumni who helped turn this program into a winner. The alumni base who helped before my time has been supportive as those who played during my tenure. This is a true sign of a winning culture. I owe so much to the late Dan Harris and former basketball coach Brian Good for laying the path forward for my successful career here at MSOE. I look forward to supporting the program from the athletic director level and watching the Raiders build on the foundation we have established. Please come and support us Saturday the 4th on uh, for our game against Luther College. Uh, we just retweeted that a short time ago. That goes on top of the Paul Combs news we heard a little while ago. That's got the rumors uh, world swirling a little bit, but it's interesting. Again, a couple games into seasons. Now it looks like, from Brian's perspective, he's chosen to focus just on being an athletics director and a, and a head coach or and a and a um, what's the term I'm looking for? Uh, a parent or a father, and and step away from coaching. What's interesting is. I suspect Paul Combs maybe is having those same conversations himself, and maybe that's why he's chosen to step away. We haven't heard anything. The press release that came out from Carroll did not have a quote from Paul. Um, So we're still trying to figure out what's what and why and where and how. It's rare to get coaching decisions this early in a season that don't have something significant behind them, to be blunt. Um you see coaches removed from positions at random periods of time. They usually put your flags up. Well, my flag is up trying to figure this one out, and we'll figure, we'll see what it is. MSOE, Brian's clearly making a decision what's best for him personally. Being that he's athletic director and he's not walking away from that role, you can assume a lot there. Why Paul's left unknown. Uh, they're both in the same neck of the woods. Maybe there's something in the water. Um, but we'll keep an eye on that and see if anybody else decides in the next week or two that enough is enough is enough. Um, but we'll, we'll move on from there. Some other news and notes that caught my attention um, and things we mentioned. We mentioned earlier in the season that maybe we got to uh, kind of retinker our, our bar, as it were, for what teams look like at the beginning of the season because they're now only really working on three weeks of, of preseason practices. I think it's worth at least contemplating. I have no problem with only three weeks of preseason. That's fine. I, you know, four might almost feel like overkill, but um, I'm not a huge fan of the November 8th start. I think Brian Morehouse had some interesting thoughts too. I also agree with him. November 30th now seems like a weird date. That is the Wednesday after Thanksgiving this year. The, the That date goes a little further than it normally would. So I'm not 
November 30 just seems like a weird date. At least it's after Thanksgiving. There are some doozy of some conference games taking place well before Thanksgiving this year. Um, Gettysburg men's basketball and Johns Hopkins in both men and women, I should say, will be renewing acquaintances on November 22nd in eight days' time, right before Thanksgiving. I know that exam periods have something to do with this sometimes and, and whatnot, but I, I I hate the fact that there's conference games before we get really to the month of December. And November 30th may be an exception to that, or at least the week after Thanksgiving. And even, and I kind of agree with where Brian goes, that may feel a little early too. I know it's because conferences are getting bigger and all of that jazz, but mm, it's it's interesting. Worth watching. By the way, speaking of worth watching, keep your eye on things down in the South land, as it were. Um, another conference shuffle, as it were, involving football, as the SCAC announced it's adding football, but it's worth watching because it depends on on what member institutions will do um, in terms of not only adding sports, but what conferences they're going to be in. Um, now, Lion... He's been offered a football membership with the SCAC, but that doesn't mean they're going to be a full member of the SCAC because um, I think Lions going to be entering the SLIAC, if I remember correctly, um, which doesn't have football, so that's kind of kind of the point there. But it doesn't mean there aren't some other moves coming. And, you know, again, you got the Landmark Conference in its last season as an eight-member institution will be a 10-member institution next season when Lyco and Wilkes transfer over. Um, with all of those moves. So the conference window is still worth watching. Um, that's another bit of the news that's caught our attention. Another one we're going to talk a lot about. We'll probably even have a segment on the show later on this uh, 2022 side of things, maybe into the 2023 side in January. But 114 days is something you're going to hear a lot about. I'm not going to go too far into the well on it now because it's a little complicated. But the simple basis is, a number of years ago, we had blogged something about the fact that, you know, it'd be really nice if basketball coaches especially could take their 19 weeks of in-season allowance and use one of those weeks in, say, September to get acclimated with their new members, to get those new members acclimated with the college. It's a good retention thing. It helps those players adjust to college, just like all the fall sports get to do. And, of course, all the spring sports get to do because spring sports can have a fall season. Winter sports can't do that. Well, COVID brought in days where they were allowed temporarily to work on a day's schedule, meaning you get X amount of days, take 19 times 7, you get 114, I believe is the math. I could be wrong on that. and I didn't do the math before I opened my mouth there. But you get 114 days, essentially, to do as you wish with it. Uh, if you feel like using a few days in September, fine, but it comes out of your 114 pocket. Now you got to use your 114 somewhere between October 15th and the end of the season. How will you use that? Will, how much time will you take at Christmas? I mean, time, will you take time at Thanksgiving? Remember, you have to take a, a day each week anyway. You can't go seven straight. You got to do a special math to make it work that you're not overtaxing student athletes. But again, how are you going to use your 114 days? That is moving forward in Division Three. It will be voted on in the legislative uh, meetings at the convention in January. However, there's two different versions of it, and that's why I don't want to go down too far in the rabbit hole here because the two different versions are different enough that they have blown up everything at the convention in Division Three on how they vote on things. 
there's literally going to be a baseball and softball style double elimination. The idea is to make sure to get out of the legislation the weeks system, but then vote in the right version of what they want. In other words, they don't want to get stuck with with the, the weeks version because they shot down a plan that would have worked or there was confusion. So there's, again, we'll, we'll dive into this in a later date. But one thing we're going to be talking about, and you're going to hear often from coaches, is this 114 thing I fully endorse. Let the coaches decide how they use it. But then again, basketball coaches can work with and be with their student-athletes in September, which is great for retention. It's great for new students to get acclimated with the college. It's a great idea. And you're just going to have to find where you want to use those days. And it lets colleges, uh, uh, schools, choose and teams choose how they want to use them. And it's a terrific idea. Again, you use seven days, fine. Now you got 107 to use during the regular season. Figure out how you want to use them. Uh, it it took the idea that we had been advocating, turned it around thanks to COVID, and now we've got a better idea out of it. So I'm looking forward to that one. I I, I say this one a little trepidatiously, but the Har- Hartford Sports is coming to Division Three next year. Remember, Polly Thomason last year got hired as the head coach, or in the offseason, I should say, a surprise decision. Left Texas Dallas. Um, and went up to New England and has taken over the Hartford squad up there. They are still D1 this year, but they are playing under Division Three rules. They are not member of the America East Conference. They are independent. There's a lot we can go into that. I'm hoping to have Polly Thomason on the show at a later date. We can talk to her about this experience and the reason she chose to go there, obviously knowing it was going to be Division Three. Stephanie Flamini, who had been a head coach at Guilford, went to Hartford to be an administrator, and interestingly enough, left in the offseason to become the head coach at Bridgewater back in the ODAC. You can read between the lines. I have, and my theory is that she went up to Hartford thinking she was going to be the next women's basketball coach up there and was trying to get an in on that. It didn't work out in her favor. She took the Bridgewater job, and not far after that, Polly Thomason was named head coach. You also had Melissa, who was former head coach. forget Melissa's last name. I apologize. Um, had former head coach at Wheaton in Massachusetts, who had been the assistant, took over as interim head coach when their head coach left at Hartford, and she's kind of disappeared off the radar. So a lot of interesting moves up there. But why I bring it up is because on the men's side, their men's coach quit the day before their season started. One of his chief complaints, and we should back up and point out, he has had a lawsuit against the school about going to the Division Three. He claims he had been lied to. He stated that... Um, he didn't have all the facts or he would have left to go to another job. He's also stated he's in arbitration with them about bonuses that he's not eligible for in America East play this year because they're not in the America East. And he decided to finally quit because he went to a preseason game. They did not send a trainer along. Remember, they're playing under D3 rules this year. Not that that's a rule, but they're trying to fit their how they spend their budget and expectations. So they did not send a trainer to an exhibition game, a scrimmage, whatever you want to call it in preseason for D1. And there was a knee injury. And he's saying that because they didn't have the trainer on staff, that the knee injury was worse than it should have been. Which gets me to this. First off, you are looking for an excuse. Clearly. Lawsuit hasn't been going the way you wanted it. You're arbitrating to figure out if you can get bonuses for a program that has honestly been a losing program since he's been head coach there. And, yes, I know they made the NCAA tournament. 
a few years back, but still they, they got in as like the four seed in a, in a topsy turvy America's East that just kind of blew up. Uh, in my opinion, he was looking for, he was looking for an excuse. He was looking for a reason to quit and it, he quit on the team. My problem about the whole thing is you, you threw the trainers under the bus in this argument as if to say that the game at Dartmouth, there was an injury, and because you were using Dartmouth's trainers to attend to the injury, he didn't get the care he deserved. Okay, I don't know an athletic trainer in any scenario, any scenario, that isn't going to treat any student-athlete, no matter what jersey they're wearing, with the utmost and terrific care. That's the first thing. So by stating that, you're trying to say that Dartmouth didn't wasn't up to the task, and that's hogwash. Second of all, from what I'm told by several, this was a very minor knee injury in the, in the scope of knee injuries. Hyperextended knee is what I heard. I'm not sure if that's actually accurate, but it wasn't like the guy blew out his knee. Furthermore, it's not like a trainer on site from your staff would have changed that scenario. The trainer is not keeping him from injuring his knee out in the court. There's nothing about that that's legit. It's a, it's a hollow excuse of, an, of a reason to quit, as I repeat excuse and reason. My point is, he was looking for a reason to quit, and he's done his team a disservice as Hartford is transitioning to Division Three and will join the Triple C Conference next season. It's a shame. And he's got a bunch of media up there feeding out of his hand of this ridiculous story. You're only hurting your students. You're only student hurting your student-athletes. You're only hurting the bigger picture, as it were, at Hartford by making it all about you. If you're really that good a coach, you could have gotten a job since you turned down the Oklahoma State one. And we all know D1 basketball ca- uh, deals are um, easy to get out of as a coach. Very easy to get out of. So it's sad, but Hartford's on its way to Division Three, and it's going to come in a little bit licking its wounds a bit. And we'll see how it is when it arrives next year. Uh, I am not expected to see them take over and be a dominant team in any way, shape, or form. But it will be fascinating to see how they do enter the division. And I think we're going to see more of that. Now, in the offseason, we did break the news that Nichols is looking to uh, apply to Division Two, joining Utica, which we broke last year on this show. Last season on this show is actually still during the 2022 part of the year. So it looks like Nichols and Utica are headed to Division Two. There was a long article today in the Curry newspaper about whether they should go to division two. Interesting enough, their AD basically said it's not happening and we've never considered it. I got a little cringy on some of the student athletes quotes in that article. Uh, There's a very unrealistic understanding of what divisions present or the opportunities that are there, and that's not a knock on Division Two in any way. It's not a knock on Division Three, but I definitely was reading those cringing, going, "You just don't understand how that works." Even a jump to Division One, half of what you're saying doesn't change. But it's it's a topic. I think we're going to see more schools come to Division Three, and I also think we're going to see more Division Three schools close in the next few years. Now we were way off when we stated that about the pandemic because there was a lot of federal money and money that was sent around that helped a lot of schools out and kept them afloat. Well, that money is running out. We've seen some recent news about Cabrini 
that is disturbing to see. And there's, and they're not the only ones, folks. It, it, there's a cliff coming that I'm surprised that some people aren't aware of and some people talk a lot about called the 2025 cliff when enrollment is expected to drop significantly across the board as there just won't be a, the same number of students uh, available for colleges. I think the idea of, of higher education is evolving and changing in general. And to be honest, we have a lot of colleges we probably don't need to be on, to be blunt. So Division Three is going to shrink in, in, in its its current membership, and I think it's going to gain in those in Division One and Division Two who realize that this is not viable and Division Three is a better option, which does make the news for Utica, Nichols, and others who have made this decision of moving up to Division Two a little surprising because I don't see the cost-benefit of that decision, but I'm not an expert on the field. But it might be worth bringing in an expert later in the season, which allows me to transition. I'm telling you, it's it's if I wrote this on a script, and I assure you I have not. But it allows me to transition to talk to you about a little bit about what we are hoping to do with our 20th season here at Hoopsville and to be a little bit differently. Let's start with the, the transition of doing uh, of what I'm coming off of. I'm hoping to add in our shows in the coming it won't be next show, but in the f- next few shows and get it going is kind of a general topic segment. Um, we aren't necessarily going to always talk to coaches or student athletes or whomever about their institutions. We're going to carve out a section to talk to somebody who could maybe explain to us the 2025 dynamic or why schools are, are struggling or why they're closing or what the case may be. We had a great conversation in the marathon last year about minority diversity in Division Three, especially in the coaching ranks. Let's talk more about that. So we'll do that. To reach out, to talk to those who may be um, carrying the Division Three mantle, as it were. Anyone seen what Will Hardy is doing at Utah? He is the head coach of the Utah Jazz. Do you not know who Will Hardy is? Um, excuse me, as I as I as I caught my uh, <laughs> Will Hardy is a Division three grad. If you don't know, he is the head coach of the Utah Jazz. He has got them at what ten and five, I think, to start the season. I'll be honest, I, I don't I don't talk a, a ton. Um, I don't watch a ton of the NBA, and so I, I don't have a great answer as to as to how they are playing and, and what they're doing. And I know oh, that sounds crazy for a guy who is a um, a, a Division three uh, or a, a basketball guy to cover. Uh, I don't seem to cover Will Hardy, but um, or the NBA. But I, I just I don't pay as much attention to it. But again, he went to Williams College. Um, he was. A six-six big man. Where have we heard that story before? Oh, oh, that's right, Duncan Robinson. Um, by the way, Hardy's six-six as a head coach. You'd swear he's six-two when you look at him against uh, next to NBA guys. Um, anyway, maybe we talk to Will Hardy. Maybe we talk to other individuals who are doing well. Maybe we reach out to a Buzz Anthony. How's he doing over in Germany or somebody else? So we're going to try and carve out some more evergreen segments to do throughout the year, not just wait for the marathon to do big, you know, have that opportunity. Do it throughout the year uh, and talk to guy, uh, individuals, women and men that we want to talk to. Or maybe we do talk to a coach, but it's less to do about their program. Or maybe it does have to do with their program, but it's not a coach we would normally pick out. So that's one idea we have to, to, to move forward um, to kind of make it a little bit more interesting, a little more variety, a little bit more evergreen, something we can we can – interview even pre-tape well in advance and then run on the show um 
as we move forward. And then the other thing is going to have to do with November and December, at the very least, maybe a little part of January. This is about probably going to be the only live show we do until 2023. Maybe there's another one thrown in there. We haven't made up our minds yet. We're going to be a little bit flexible with that due to a lot of factors. One of them has to do with my career or my work. I should say my career is complicated, but a year ago, if you might remember, I was in California and had to greatly reduce the amount of Hoopsville shows I did. And we still did over 30 last year. Um, but do I, because I had a great career opportunity that didn't happen this year. That, that, that job is on hiatus for a season. Well, that, uh, no one's paying me. So I am looking for work in the meantime. And so that is taking a lot of my time and I don't have the time, which was part of the reason I had to put off Thursday's debut to tonight because we don't have the time. So as a result, we're going to do recorded shows. Um, and by the way, Snyder's, I see you on there. I apologize. I'll get to you in a second. Um, I see you on our YouTube page and I just missed the, the comments. Um, we're going to have to do shows where we can. So we're going to record segments, turn them around into some minier shows, maybe an hour or so and release those once to twice a week for the rest of the 2022 side of things. For example, here's what we're working on for a show later in the season, which we are later the week, which we talked about earlier. We'll have our top 25 panel on the men's side. We're talking to Bob Quillman. We're talking to Ryan Scott and we're talking to uh, um, uh, Matt Snyder about coming on the show on the women's side, Scott Peterson, Gordon Mann and Riley uh, Zayas having those guys on the show to talk about the women's side. I'm trying to coordinate with everybody so we can record it on time to do that. We'll turn that around for our next show. So kind of a breakdown of it's kind of that's going to be where we go in deep on Division Three. Then from then on, let's grab a coach from the men. Let's grab a coach from the women. Have a conversation. Do a few news and notes. Release that show when we have the time. It gives us a little bit of time to work on it while we got openings without having to lose a day getting ready for a live show. I love doing live shows, but this is just going to have to be temporarily what we do. In the meantime, we also may just put out a podcast when we don't have time. This also helps me, for example, I'll be going to the men's soccer championships, women as well, though I won't be on the call of the women's this year, men's soccer championships in early December, right after Thanksgiving weekend. This will give us a chance to maybe get a couple interviews that we can do done over Thanksgiving weekend, for example, and maybe turned around and put on the air for everybody, so on and so forth. We're going to do this at least through 2022. When we hit January, the beginning of January will still be at that most likely, and then we'll start working our way live shows back into the program slowly but surely. Worst case scenario, latest point marathon will be the kind of demarcation of from here on out, we're live. Prior to that, we still may mix in some non-live shows less and less until we're fully live. And again, it has to do with finances. This show has a lot of finances on it. And going into this year, we're in a little bit of a tougher bind than we usually are. We have not been able to get our partnerships back online as quickly as we normally do. Some of them are still licking their wounds from COVID. So there's a huge financial side of this. If we could have our druthers and and bring in a significant amount of money, this is all I would do during basketball. This and, and calling games being a public address announcer. That's it. I wouldn't focus on anything else. We would bang out incredibly great shows for you. We would be dedicated to doing other little things. This is all we would do. But we aren't we haven't found that financing.
If you are interested in advertising on this show, if you are interested in sponsoring with this show, if you're interested in just giving to this show, reach out to us. You can email us at dave.mchugh at d3sports.com. You can email us at hoopsville at d3sports.com. We will get in touch with you. We have been in touch with a few sponsor and advertisers who have been interested. We haven't heard back yet. We have talked to our partners. We're still talking to our partners. We're hoping to get that all put together. There are certain entities that have come to us saying, hey, here's what we're thinking. We're just maybe in a year or two. Or here's what we're thinking, but we're not sure if we can get that off the ground. Or here's what we think could happen. Until we can do that, and I'm to be, I'm just being honest with you because I've always been honest with you, I've got to focus elsewhere. And this will be part of our lives. And being the 20th season, we're not planning to go anywhere. We just have to do it a little bit differently right now. And so that's why we're going in that direction. If you want to know hard numbers, you are welcome to contact me. I'm welcome to have a conversation with you as long as you understand that it's not public knowledge. But there's mortgages to be paid. There are bills from last year's show that are still not paid off. And we need to take care of some things on our end to be able to afford keeping this thing going. And to keep this thing going, I also need to keep the roof over our heads. So that is why a little bit of a different look for 22 part for November and December and an early part of January. And then we'll start working our way back into doing lives primarily. And hopefully by that point, we've also got a bunch of sponsors uh, and advertisers going. Speaking of which, do you like Hoopsville t-shirts? Well, many of you said you did and bought some last year at the end of the regular season and postseason. And some of you said you still like them. These shirts are back up. And we've got a special 20th edition episode, or 20th season shirt, I should say, available as well. We have tweeted this link out on numerous occasions. We will send more of those links back out as well. But between now and November 30, you can buy a Hoopsville shirt. What will happen is when those shirts, when the, when the store closes, that's when the orders will be processed and sent out. Thus, we chose November 30th to give you a chance to get those shirts before Christmas. Also get those shirts um, uh, before the conference, the bulk of the conference season begins. You're not going to get them before in the centennial before November 22nd. I'm sorry. Um, but the same shirts we had available last year are available. We added a shirt this uh, to this early order for the 20th season. And we may do this again later, and we may add another couple of designs. But this is the early sale. Um, proceeds go to help this show. We'll cash the check. It goes into our bank account. We can pay off the, the everything that we're trying to pay off. Um, but this is also a way you can show your pride. We also have a couple of special ones. Uh, uh, some people noticed that we have the Jinx shirt and bought that with pride. We also bought, uh, you can also add hashtag Hoopsville on the back. You can add hashtag Glean on the back. We had a bunch of friends who are parts of this show who have bought them in the past and worn them with pride, and we really appreciate that. So, again, the shirts you see on the screen, for those of you who listen to the podcast, uh, you can get them in black and orange and gray, whatever. There's a lot of different choices. I think we even added a another version of the shirt. I can't remember. Uh, I'm drawing a blank now. But we will add a link um, or we've had a link on Twitter. We've had a link on Facebook. They are pinned to our profile so you can get to them easily. If you want to email us, we'll send you the link as well. You can get a shirt that way, uh, and, and share your pride of division three. We may even spend, send out a special shirt. Uh, well, we got the 20th season special, uh, anniversary shirt out there right now. We may add one. We'll do another shirt sale 
later this year, but no guarantees some of these shirts will be available at that point. So anyway, that's a way you can contribute and, and welcome back to the show. A couple of quick notes I saw on YouTube real quick. Uh, Matt Snyder says the uh, Mississippi University, Wisconsin oils, 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 oils. Uh, I, I've been living in Baltimore too long where they say oils, owls shirt. Jersey is slick. You're right. I think that I think that the Owls jersey is darn cool. Again, they're looking at changing their name, but that is a I mean that is, I I love that logo for so many interesting reasons and I know they're going to change their name. Hopefully the logo can stay cuz I love that jersey. Uh Zack Snyder says I think we're getting our first Hoopsville rant of the season. D3 Hoops is officially back. I got kind of got a little bit of a rant there on the Hartford guy, right? Um Dan uh, mentions that Hartford is a hockey school. Jerry Care, uh, Kelly, a PGA Tour play there. You're right. It is. Um, I think Hartford is being very unrealistic, and I think there's a lot of schools that are being unrealistic about their 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 standings in the world, as it were. Daryl Duncan says, welcome back, Dave. Bummer about you having to do recorded shows, but understand, I hope you get your financing. Uh, here's another great D3 basketball season. I agree with you, sir. I, I'm hoping for the same myself. Uh, hoping for the best. It just, it has not been the year we were expecting and it's, we're, we're licking our wounds, uh, as it were. So, um, it is what it is. Uh, we'll get through it. We're looking forward to trying to figure out how we can look through it and, and make it better and, and all of that jazz. But thanks for the, thanks for the comment. I appreciate it. Just realized I didn't have my email running. So bear with me. I'm going to load up email and see if we have any email comments here. Um, we didn't get to all the coaching changes that took place, uh, in the off season. Uh, maybe we'll talk about that on a future show. I know D3 Hoops is your home for that. You can go to the coaching carousel. There were a lot of fascinating coaching uh, moves this season. We mentioned um, Flamini back in the ODAC uh, at Bridgewater, one of those decisions that jumped out. Uh, DePillo, uh, DePillo, DePillo, no, I said that right, DePillo, uh, heading to Pittsburgh, for example, from the University of Scranton, Nick DePillo, very nice enough to reach out and email me after that decision was uh, was made, uh, I appreciated him taking the time to do that. Um, Bridgewater State head coach Joe Farobo uh, announced he was stepping down. We lost Tyler Sanborn, something we announced back in May. Um, there were some other moves that took place as well. And I don't think we have our full list, honestly, up to date. Um, but we'll go through that and, and look it through and, and talk about that as the season progresses because we may end up talking to some of the new coaches who took over uh, at those places, uh, as it were. I don't see any emails, so we're not going to worry about it. Uh, again, and maybe the emails, sometimes the email system acts up and bites us in the rear end. That's going to probably do it for us. Uh, again, a little bit of a shorter show. That's kind of going to be our, our modus operandi at this point. Um, for a little bit of time, but that might be able to give us a chance to get out more content or at least get out better content. We'll, we'll, we'll see how it plays out again. Breaking news, Paul Combs out at Carroll. And it looks like, uh, it doesn't look like we do know that, um, uh, Miltz, Brian Miltz is stepping down as head coach at MSOE as of, uh, after the game on Saturday coming up. Um, some of the bigger news that we had to start this show kind of reminiscent of when we debuted, after a couple years season or a hiatus and we're back on the air and Cabrini John Zeke announced he was not coming back at not by choice at Cabrini. Uh, just one of the many memories we've had on what is now our 20th season of this show. Mind blowing to think we've been on the show air for 20 seasons now, but I appreciate everybody who's been supportive of that. And we appreciate everybody who's joined us in those efforts. Um, 
So again, thanks to Josh Merkel and Brian Morehouse for coming on the air, and thanks to their sports information departments for coordinating that. Next episode will be pre-recorded, but we'll hopefully re release it with video because I'm sure you'd love to see the guys. We'll be doing it via Zoom anyway, so hopefully we'll turn that around. We'll add some news and notes on there. We'll do a men's panel, a women's panel, wrap it up with a little bit of notes, get that all buttoned up. Get that out Thursday, maybe Friday, depending on when we get uh, segments booked. And then next week, Thanksgiving week, we'll try and get out a show. And then the following week, we'll try and get out a show or two. But again, that's where it might come down to. Sometimes we're only going to be able to put out podcasts and not video shows and whatever. But stay with us on Twitter, at D3Hoopsville, hashtag Hoopsville. Instagram is the same, at D3Hoopsville. You can also find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Hoopsville. You can find us, uh, of course, at D3Hoops dot com slash hoopsville or d3hoopsville.com um and and we'll keep you abreast of what shows we're doing and who we've got and when they're coming on and all that jazz uh and we look forward to it and then when we're back live too we'll have tweaked this studio a little bit added more of the jerseys gotten some other things if we get some more funding i got some other insane ideas for this place then we maybe are able to execute as well. So there you go. That's our show for this uh, opening of the 22-23 season and our 20th season covering Division Three basketball on this show. I want to thank our partners, of course, at the NABC. We hope to be able to say uh, uh, a thank you to the WBCA in the near future as well. I want to thank uh, our friends at Blue Frame Technology. That is changing a little bit. We hope to have more news on that in the near future. And, of course, D3Hoops.com. Pat Coleman, Gordon Mann, Ryan Scott, Riley Zayas, who's now a blogger for us on women's stuff. Great to see him on board and everybody else who's joined us. We'll have a big, nice blowout of deep dive into schools coming up on the next show. And in the meantime, thanks for tuning in, because if you want to talk Division Three basketball, you've got to listen to Hoopsville or watch it. If in that case, enjoy it. Get a T-shirt, will you? And we'll look forward to seeing you back here on the next show. You've been watching Hoopsville. All rights are reserved. Thanks for tuning in, everybody, and we'll talk to you soon.